Did you change your number? Or did I change my number? I feel like we used to be in touch more, and I feel like, anyway, that's what it is now. <laughs> because I feel like I used to hear from you a lot more. It's not me, is it? It's you. <laughs> it's of course it's you. You got sick of me? Of course, no, of course it's you. Is this like Johnny Carson thing? Well, Johnny Carson. You know, the kids don't even know who that is. I know. They always ask me in interviews, like, you know, who was your hero growing up? And I'm like, well, Johnny Carson. <laughs> was he a guy on Mount Rushmore? Or, I mean, yeah, I was. I was asked to be on be on Carson, and I said no. Sure, a giant rock star. I said no. You never did the Tonight Show. No. You should have done it just to say it's on your bucket list. Now you now, yeah, well, now, but you know, thirty years ago, forty years but ago. But now it's different. Yeah, you know, back then, if you run the Why didn't you do it? Because it wasn't cool. <laughs> it was cool for me. Well, it was cool for me. I watched it every night. Well, why didn't you think it's cool then? Because the, uh, you know. The what? The Rolling Stones and the Critics and. The Rolling Stones? The Rolling Stone magazine. Oh, magazine. Yeah. You know. Oh. What did that have to do with the Tonight Show? They didn't like it. What? They didn't like it. The Rolling Stone didn't like you being on the If show. you were on and You weren't cool, I see. Yeah, if you weren't if you were on Right. Show, it's not like you comedian. Well, you had to do it. It was like it was a rite of passage if you're a comedian in show business. If in the eighties when I came up. Johnny was everything. If you did you could do other talk shows, but you had to do that one first. And if you didn't do well on that one, the other ones didn't matter, and you had no career. You couldn't go on that path where then you get a sitcom, mm -hmm. which I did. You know, there was a certain thing. It's like in a law firm. You know, you—I don't know what you do. You, you pass the bar, then you handle the cases, then then make your partner. It was like you had to do the Tonight Show to become a partner. Right. And also, I loved it. I mean, I loved him. Mm -hmm. He was a Midwestern fuck like you. Yeah, he. Uh... He was, uh, I was around him a couple times. There used to be a place on Santa Monica. I don't know, it still might be there. And I was there a couple nights and he was there. And he was a drinker. Oh, yes, and a mean one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you remember the name Bushkin? Mm -hmm. That was his lawyer, Henry Bushkin. And he used to, in the monologue, he would always talk about my, my, my lawyer, Bombastic Bushkin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Remember that? Yeah, okay. So, uh, Bombastic Bushkin, Henry Bushkin, wrote a book about Johnny like 10 years ago. <clears throat> it's awesome. I, it really rings true. Like, because it, because it doesn't cover up the bad, but it acknowledges the good. But, you know, it does make you think about the Midwest and like where he came from and how he, Bushkin says something like Johnny's mother was as cold as that Nebraska wind. And it went through him. He never got her, <clears throat> never got her approval. And Bushkin also says at one point, Johnny says to him like, you know, something, 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 because come on, you're my best friend. And Bushkin was like, we're friends? Yeah. Well, you know, I, you, you said something that, you know, I, I've heard this a lot in my life. I bet you have to, since I'm older than you. Uh, Yay, someone's older than me. I know. It's a nice feeling, right? Rebook him. I know. I'm the, I'm the oldest guy in the room. But uh, 
know, people wanting their parents' approval, I, that never even dawned on me. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, really? Why, because you didn't like them? No, there were five kids in the family, and... Uh, Come on. You didn't want to make your father proud? Matter of fact, it was like, you know, you grew up the same year I did. Yeah. What time is dad going to be home? I'm going to make sure I'm gone. You know, what times, you know. My father worked nights, so he was never home. That was good for you then. No, because my father wasn't, doesn't sound like he was the idiot your father was. Your father sounds terrible. My father was. If you don't want to be there when your father's there. Why? They're just people. Yeah, but yeah, but what? I, I've never heard anybody like I like. I've never been married. I'm not exactly known as a family well, type guy. Okay, that's but even I acknowledge that uh, there is familial roots we cannot deny. I mean, your father's in you. Yeah, yeah, I got it. We, we are our parents. So I got it. Right. Yeah, Bill, I got that part. <laughs> but I got that part. Well, so how how long did you have your father? He's still alive. He's Your father's still alive? 93. I talked to him today. <laughs> wow. Talk about a twist in the story. Wow, that's pretty great to have your father still alive when you're over 70. And yeah. do you talk about, like, prostate problems and stuff no, like no, two no, old no, people no, can no, talk no, about? No, 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 no. What are you talking about? Uh, family. He'll tell me stuff about the family that I didn't know that this happened or that happened. And so yeah. you don't dislike him? I never said I disliked You said it. you didn't want to be around. I when said was... I didn't give a fuck what they thought no, as a teenager. You said you no. wanted Run not the to... tape back. Yeah, Bill, you said misquoting you... me. No, I'm not misquoting you. I said my father wasn't there because he worked nights. And you were like, lucky you. When my father came home, I tried not to be there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that, that doesn't mean I disliked him. It just meant I didn't want to I didn't want to have to follow his rules. Oh, what were his rules? A bunch of them. I mean, you know, you could imagine. I mean, the the generation you, you were there. the The whole culture was shifting, and I was part of that young culture. So and you were fighting authority, and authority was always winning. Yes, right I, from the beginning. Something or like that. fucking you. Yeah, that's right. And then you became a giant rock star. So in a way, your father, even though he didn't plan it that way, because rock okay, and roll. Okay, I'm, okay. I'm, j- j- just just to shut you up and set you on the right path. Here's what happened with my father. I got married when I was in high school, right? They did not like that. That wasn't the plan for John. Right. I got married when I was in high school. I didn't talk to, I went to college. He didn't give me a dime. Had nothing to do with me going to college. Mm-hmm. When I got out of college, I immediately got a record deal like that. And I got a phone call from my dad. My dad was vice president of Robbins Electric, which built the Astrodome, built Disney World, Disneyland. Big contractor. Big electrical contractor. Like Del Webb. I don't even know what that is. It's another one they built a lot. Yeah. So anyway, I get a call from my dad. And he says, John, we need to get together and talk. I said, Dad, we don't really have anything to talk about. And he said, yeah, we do. And I said, so we talked for a little bit on the phone, and so I agreed to meet my dad in in Nashville, Indiana, which is a little town, at a hotel, in a hotel restaurant. And we go there, and dad's in his suit, and he's driving his Jaguar, which I was totally against at that time, you know, all that crap. 
And we sit down in a bench, we order, and then my dad gets up out of his seat, comes over and gets down on one knee. I'm sitting here, he gets down on one knee right there, and he says, John, whatever I've done that you feel was wrong for you, and I held you back or I hurt you in some fashion, I apologize and I hope you forgive me. And what could I say? My, it was my dad. And I said, okay. And that was probably 1975. We have not had a crossword since. But you married the girl. Yeah. I, I was, I, I, snuck, he, I, snuck, became, I, snuck, I snuck off and got married. I, I got, but, then, but he was still okay with that after the discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, because time had gone by. Wow, I, I pictured your, I mean, your father, Jaguar suit, I pictured your father not knowing anything about your father uh, with, in overalls with a, a pitchfork. No. No, no, no. <laughs> I know, but that's your, kind of your image and your farm aid and, you know. No, I mean, that's your image of me. That's well, not my image. Contributed by things you sung about. and I mean, you're, uh, so many of your songs, and I love them. Like, I've had three of them in my walk-in music in, when I go on the road. There's only 12 songs there. I hear them all year long. Great, thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and one of them is The Americans. Really? Because I want to get the audience in the mood of that, like, these are me. You're the only person in the world that knows that song. No, I'm, well, the, my audience does, and and our country. Because like, I'm again, I'm picking songs. They're not all overtly political, but I do a largely, you've been to my show, yeah. political show. I want the audience in the mood, and so like, this is our country is perfect. I'm an American <clears throat> from the Midwest. <laughs> you're, you're not afraid to just say exactly who you are, which I love about you. You know, I wear jeans and I do this. <laughs> so um, you you understand that those songs, like that song right there, is a, is the ideal of how we see each other, not how we really are. Which one? Both of them. Both of them. It's, it's, it's not who, who we are, but who we... It's pretend, aspirational. It, we, we, who we pretend to be. Yeah, you have one on one of your recent ones, the so-called so, the so -called free land. The land of the so-called free. free. Yeah. I mean, that's cynical. Yeah, I'm cynical. Right. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. But I also think perspective is so important. And like... Is anyone on earth completely free? Of course not. Relatively, we're pretty free, this country. I mean, and I say that as someone who used to bitch a lot about the fact that pot wasn't legal, among other things that make this country unfree. But that was the one that affected me. I deeply resented having to sweat bullets every time I went through an airport because some fucking dog might smell the pot behind my nuts. And, you know, it's like, this is not, and of course, that wasn't right, and it isn't free. But then you see what happens in Russia, and you see what happens in, you know, Saudi Arabia, they'll fucking kill them. Well, hold on for a second. You know, the divorce rate in the United States is higher, I mean, the divorce rate in Russia, I believe, is higher than the divorce rate in the United States. Oh, I'm sure. Why, why, why would you be sure of that? Because they're very unhappy people, because... <laughs> because, what? Because Putin's running the joint. What? Because Putin's running the joint. Because Putin's running the joint, and also because they're drunks. They drink way too much vodka. So, 
you know, any, I mean, why did pro prohibition ho take hold in America? You know why? Yes, I know why. <laughs> well, I'll tell the audience. Okay. Because women were fed up with men. Beating the fuck out of them. And not working and passing out on the lawn. Yeah, I mean, beating it was the fuck like, out of the kids. What? They beat the fuck out of the kids and they beat the fuck out of the women. Right. And it was like, oh shit, he's home. Huh, now you know why it's like. Uh <laughs> Get it? My dad didn't drink, but it was just like, you know. Uh, oh, John, he didn't drink. No. Oh. No, he never. He never drank. I. He, no, I've never seen him smoke a cigarette. I've never seen him drink. And you don't I, drink either. No. Wow. No, I. But, never did. Oh, I did. I remember you drinking milk after the show when I saw you. Yeah, probably. No, there, <laughs> I, I, I. I have a good story of why I quit drinking. You want to hear it? <laughs> we got nothing but time. Okay. And I love your stories. So I'm in college, right? I had long hair. My favorite thing to do was to get stoned and drink whiskey. Oh, you got stoned? Yeah, I used to. Good. I'd get stoned and drink whiskey and then go find the biggest guy I could find and start a fight with. Wow. Ooh. It was really fun for me, the adrenaline rush and the psycho game. Mm. I never won. Let's <laughs> <laughs> establish that. Maybe one or two out of a hundred. Oh my you know, God. But I always got my ass kicked. Oh but one night I was in, I went to a little college in Vincennes, Indiana, and I was with my friend. I'm loaded, I'm potted up, I'm fucking drank a pint of whiskey by myself. I'm and I sat down at the bar next to the biggest guy I could find and spit at him. Oh, Jesus. So that's why I don't drink. But what happened was the guy goes, what the fuck? And so I said, you know, fuck you, you know, what are you going to do about it? He said, I'll take your little ass outside and beat the hell out of it. I said, well, let's go. So we, I said, why go outside? You know, so I, I was, I was a prick. You know, those guys used to walk around like this and stare at you, and you'd go, fucking, yeah. that was me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was me. So anyway, we go out back. He beats the fuck out of me. I mean, I got up the next, well, anyway. So he beats the fuck out of me. The guy that, that, that I was with comes and gets me like a wet rag, puts me in a Pinto, an old Pinto. We're driving back to the house we lived in. My hair was this long. You know, I, ha I was a hippie, but I was not into peace and love. I was, right. you know. Theoretically a hippie. Yeah. And anyway, so uh, I'm leaning like this on the car. He's driving. I'm leaning like this out the car window. And we go over this railroad track, and the car door opens. I fall out of the fucking car. My hair gets wrapped around <gasps> the the no. thing the thing that it connects, you know, the locks the car. Oh and he's driving down the fucking road. He's half drunk and stoned. And I go, "Stop the fucking car. Stop the car." And he's dragging me <gasps> down the the road. Oh my god. So I just got beat up. Then the guy I'm with is so drunk that he can't he can't see that I have fallen out of the car. <laughs> I, get, I get back to my house. I go to bed. I get up the morning, the next morning, Bill. I was unrecognizable to myself. My orbits around my eyes. The guy had beat the shit out of me. 
there were, I had road rash all over my legs. I had scratches here. And I, and I looked at myself and I just went, this drug and alcohol thing is, right. is not working for you. I have a few questions about this. First of all, in this condition of what must have been extreme pain, yes. you fell asleep? Yeah. I was fucked up. I was so fucked up that, you know, that, you know, you've been okay. high enough that you just went, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, but not after I was beaten up and dragged by Have a car. Have you ever been beat up in like your No, life? this is my other question. <laughs> okay, that's, I, that's been, what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, I have questions about why you felt the need to, to want this on you. But first, I'd just like to ask about the actual feeling of a fight. Because, yes, I've avoided fight, fist fights. I don't feel like it's because I'm a total coward, but you know, I'm not looking for fights either. And I seem to always be able to find one. Talk my way out of one. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I didn't. <laughs> I know. You obviously sought it for no reason, which is really psychologically interesting that you would seek to be beat up. I mean, if if it was in another No, 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 no. It, I didn't think I was going to lose. I always thought I was going to win. Really? Yeah. But you're not a big guy. Yeah, but I thought I was a tough guy. You're like my dog, Chico. Yeah, probably. He's like this big, and he just thinks he can fucking take on the world. He, yeah, he stands in the driveway every night for an hour, and it's completely quiet here, wherever I live. And uh, he just barks for an hour at nothing. Fuck you. I'm Chico. I'm here. And don't try any shit. This is my house, you know, for an hour. Yeah, that's me. That was that was me. Okay, so and but all of that, however, all of that changed when I quit using drugs and alcohol. But what fomented this furnace of anger inside you that you would want that okay. you want a melon camp? Really, you think it's the DNA? Absolutely. My uncle was the toughest guy in Seymour, Indiana. Played football for IU. Big tough guy. My grandfather was a big tough guy. My dad's a big tough guy. Mm. And you know, it was like that was our. That's what well, I. Your dad is a big tough guy. Oh, yeah, I, I hit my dad one time. He, I, <laughs> I was uh, seventeen, and he caught me in a big lie. You know, and at seventeen, my dad was only twenty years older than me. He was thirty-seven, and I thought I can take the old man. Wow! So I punched him. And he looked at me and he went, are you kidding me? And he beat the fuck out of him. My life is so much less dramatic than yours. You know, I grew up on the mean streets of Bergen County, New Jersey. Okay, not, not mean streets, but circular driveways. I mean, we weren't rich, we weren't poor. We were like middle of the middle. And I always felt like, oh, everybody had the same upbringing. But plainly, <laughs> that's not the truth. No, you know, in 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 the mid in the Midwest and in these small towns, there's not much to do except settle low scores and and. Uh, <laughs> what do you think we lived in Shangri-La, New Jersey? Yeah. It was the same thing. America's the same all over. It really is. I mean, there's pockets that are different. Obviously, the cities. It's not really about region. It's about city or country. That's the difference in America. Every. Even Alabama has cities, mm -hmm. and they and they look and behave like mostly like cities elsewhere. And the people out, even twenty miles out, you know, then then you're in Trump country. Yeah, certainly yeah. if you're in Alabama, but also, I mean, California, all of the 
area of California above San Francisco till you get to Oregon is Trump country. That could be a state. It's a big, you know, California's huge. That could be a state, and it would just be, you know, it's, Trump. It's, it's, it's the same Bloomington. I mean, right. Indiana University's there. You've been there. That's where we met, yes. Yeah, and, you know, right. that, that whole community is, is liberal thinking, and then you get outside of town. You know, who knows what you're going to run into. Everybody's always busy, and it's hard to find wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with meals delivered straight to your door. So you'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. And I know because Factor sent me their food, and it was so good that my chef threatened to quit. With Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store, which may be in a mall, which means if you're in California, you greatly reduce your chances of getting caught in a smash and grab. And forget the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too, while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy. Choose from more than 34 weekly dietitian approved meals and level up with gourmet plus options, prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. And during the day, avoid that bag of chips or candy bar with lunch to go. Effortless meals like grain bowls and salad toppers that are ready to eat when you're on the go. No microwave required. This August, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh meals delivered to your door. Ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com random50 and use code random50 to get 50% off. That's code random50 at factormeals.com slash random50 to get 50% off. Are you tired of cycling through the endless amount of trending skincare products that all claim to smooth wrinkles, firm skin, and give you a youthful glow, but really make you look older because you're mad you wasted your money? Well, support for today's episode comes from One Skin. Founded by a team of four female PhD-level longevity scientists with over 15 years of experience studying the biology of aging, it's all about what they call health span. After testing thousands of peptides, these gorgeous youthful scientists discovered OS1. Their flagship product, OS1 Face, is clinically proven to improve firmness, fine lines, and overall tone and appearance. Is your current skin regimen clinically proven to reverse the molecular age of your skin? I highly doubt it. So give one skin a try and see the difference. For a limited time, our fans can get 15% off one skin with our code RANDOM at oneskin.co. I'm not going to tell you where on my body I've tried using it. That's personal, but let me just say that it absorbs fast and leaves your skin super soft. Also, it's fragrance-free. There's something worse than putting on a product and walking around all day smelling like you had a nooner with a scented candle. One Skin is for everyone who wants to prevent or reverse the signs of aging. It's time for you to experience a new skin health routine at a discounted rate today. Get 15% off with the code RANDOM at oneskin.co. That's 15, 15% off oneskin.co with code random. We only have one body, one skin, and only you can choose to make it better. Age healthy with one skin. The first band I was in was a band called The Crepe Soul. And the what? The Crepe Soul. Crepe? Like a... Like shoe. 
Shoe. Crepe. What's shoe? Crepe is a material that they used to put on the bottom of shoes. Well, you're educating me. I don't know. Exactly. Crepe? Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Have one of your work. Why 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 <laughs> why is that a name for a band? Well it was there's a whole story behind that. We had three names. Crepe Soul was everybody's least favorite. We flipped a fucking coin, and if it landed in the crack of the wood, it's going to be the Crepe Soul. The thing went around, and it landed in the crack of the wood. You know, if I was in a band called Crepe Soul, I would purposely get my hair stuck in a car and get dragged down the road, because that's a terrible name. You have to back up. I was 14 years old, and everybody else in the band was in their 20s. Wow. And I, Really? And, I mean, I was going in clubs, nightclubs, fraternity, sororities, 14 years old, singing. You were like Michael Jackson and Jackson 5. You were the young one. They knew you were the talent. Well, no, I, I, my, I co-sang with a kid named Fred Booker who was uh, about four or five years older than me, and he was black. So I learned a lot about race real quick <clears throat> in 1965, 1966, because oh. they loved us on stage because half the band was black, half was white. Wow. They loved us on stage. It's when we came off stage. When I joined the band, Bill, I was issued a gravity knife. A gravity knife? Yeah. What's that? It's kind of like a switchblade, but you just go like that. Okay. And, and the knife pops out through gravity. And to stab look. other band members? No, to stab the fucking audience. <laughs> <laughs> really? For the audience? Yeah, because, you know. Wow. And I was not familiar with how hateful people were to black people until I was in the crepe soul. Wow. And that's what I, more than learning how to sing or to dance or anything like that, I learned about hatred. Okay, so let's go to 2023. Is that now? That's now. <laughs> okay. Like, I'm not being naive when I write when I say that would not happen in 2023. Your ass, it would. You think so? Absolutely. Tell me why. Why do I think that? Yeah. I have you seen that. Yeah, I have. In 2023. Yeah, and you have too. No, I haven't. Yeah, you turn the fucking news on, you'll see it. See what? Racist comments. Racist. Yeah. Oh, no doubt there are still racists in America. Yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> We're talking about inner city in the music industry and a, a, I'm guessing a fairly young crowd or a music-loving crowd. They just don't strike me as people who in 2023 say those kind of things or even feel that way. Have you ever heard a rap song? Yes. Okay. What about it? Me and Chuck D did a song 20 years ago. 20 years ago was 20 years ago. Yeah, but we were talking about the N-word. We were talking about right. how it's not supposed to be used and how it's not supposed to be. I mean, that's what I have against, not against, but, you know, why I'm not a big fan of rap music. It's like you guys are selling out what the people stood up for and fought for, and you're making money off of it, selling them to white kids. Right. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it. It's honest. Yeah, it's it's wrong, and so Chuck D and I did a song. It's and he he just I, I wrote the song and then he rapped in the middle of it and he just said die and word die, and that that's that's right. But you know. <clears throat> just give me an example, <clears throat> and then I'll get off this. But I, I'm just curious <clears throat> of of a recent example in the last couple of years. 
specifically of a incident of racism that you saw, like on tour or something that is in this? I have a, I have a 29-year-old son. His, one of his best friends was black, right? They went somewhere in Los Angeles. The guy got in an argument with this little skinny black kid, waited for him to walk outside of the bar and ran, ran him over and killed him. How much more of a fucking uh, example do you want? I mean, yeah. I'm, I, look, I'm not denying that things like that happen in this country. But, but it's, I'm just saying it's not any better. I mean, you may... Well, that's what we're arguing about. I think We're not, it we're is not arguing about anything. We're having no, a we discussion. Are, well, we're, we're disagreeing. No. And that's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's okay to disagree. You say it in one of your songs. Yeah. Freedom of speech. Yeah. Right. I wrote a song that I never recorded because I felt it was wrong but it was called From the Fucking Cotton Fields to the Plague Fields. Yeah. So my point is, is that, yeah, so so what? We, well, we, I would uh, say that... Uh, the, us, us white people love to have black people entertain us. I would say that the playing fields are a lot better than the cotton fields. That's what I would say about that. Maybe I'm crazy, John, but it seems like making no money as a slave picking cotton was it was not as good as playing left field for the Yankees. Well, I mean, I'm sure there were uh, you know reasons why. Listen, I mean, listen, Dave no, Winfield no, has some no, beefs against no Steinbrenner. I'm no sure. doubt there is one or two percent of black people in America who have a better life. Oh, stop! That's what you think? One or two percent? Okay, let's say ten percent. I'm just no, pulling a number out of my ass. It is out. That's where it belongs. Okay, I just pulled a number out of my ass. I know, but I'm telling you, that's that's just not true. But, you know. Well, okay, well. I, I mean, that's to... Listen. We do have statistics. Talk to we my... Have, talk, talk to my son. He'll tell you. Well, he saw one very horrific incident. Maybe that has colored his well, thinking. Well, what do you think? That's the only incident that happens? Of course not. And it isn't... The, again, the FBI has data on hate crimes. The in FBI... A, Oh, they're in on it? No, they're not in on it. But it's like the government. You trust the government? I don't trust those fucking people. I'm willing to throw them. No, I've been often a skeptic of lots of things about the government. But do I think the FBI is making up hate crime statistics? No. Do I think they're exactly as they present them? No, I don't. Because Okay, okay. if they're not making them up and they're not presenting them honestly, okay. what do you It's somewhere it? in the middle. For example, they found out um, like a year ago uh, that the coroners were kind of in cahoots with the cops on reporting deaths when police kill somebody. I believe it. Right. So there's an, what I'm saying. I'm acknowledging it's not exactly the data that they're always giving us. And it was, yeah, it was infused with that would-be systemic racism. I'm saying we have... Moved on from that, not completely, but, and the FBI is not the cops. So when the FBI compiles data on hate crimes, I'm like, yeah, this might be roughly where it is. I don't think it's crazy off. I think they actually, I mean, I think there's mostly FBI people are squares, and there's plenty of people of color in the FBI. Now, they've also had complaints about racism in plenty the FBI. Of, plenty of... Yes, as there is everywhere. Plenty of cops. And they're valid. Plenty, plenty, plenty of guys. Plenty of black people are ahead of of police departments across the United States. And 
I, I, we're going to have to disagree on this, Bill. Yeah, and I, we can. Yeah, I, I just, I just, <laughs> I. You think I'm going to throw you out? No, I just think. No, that, I, I, I'm I just, you. I just think that 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 uh, being open-minded about what's really going on in the streets, oh. as as we said here. Oh, I'm open-minded. Are you? Do you do you really think our government is has improved since, people, since since they killed Kennedy? Do you really think that well, that's uh, such Oswald, a broad. That Oswald what, what you, killed Kennedy? You think wait, so? Wait, wait. That's such a broad question. Our government has improved. What parts of it? Any of I, it. Any of it. Um, any of it. No, any it's, of it's it. pretty. Politically, we have gone downhill. Yeah. There's no absolutely, doubt about that. Absolutely. That doesn't mean people's lives are worse. Because culture is a different thing. And America has moved on a lot culturally, which includes race, gender, homosexuality. I mean, homosexual, homosexual marriage, gay marriage, was on the ballot in 35 states mm -hmm. up until about 2014. It failed in every one. Mm -hmm. And then the Supreme Court said it was the law of the land. You don't see that that is progress. You don't see that things are different. It's not perfect, but here, we made here, it. Here, here, here's my answer to that. I mean, you're so cynical. Here's I my, can't believe I'm saying that. Here's my answer to that. It's about fucking time. Okay, well, great. We'll elect you the timekeeper then. Of course it's about fucking time. Everybody's late on everything. We're, as Joe Friday used to say on Dragnet, we're recruiting from the human race. Yes, we're all schmucks and we're all late. Obama was late on gay marriage. Kennedy was late on civil rights. Lincoln was late on slavery. Everybody's always late. Biden's late now on pot. Everybody's hold on, fucking hold on, late. Hold on for a second. I, unlike you, <laughs> do not believe a fucking single word that comes out of any of that. I just don't believe it. You don't believe gay marriage was illegal and then became legal? No, no, I believe that. Okay. But I, I don't believe anything that the government reports. Nothing? Nothing. Like the unemployment figures? That's Maybe. what Trump says. Maybe. Trump, Trump, when he ran the first time, I mean, it's Trump, so you have to like just use it for comic effect. But like the unemployment rate, the saying, it's it's four percent. It could be as high as thirty five percent, forty percent. Pulled it right out of his ass. That's not what I'm saying. What are you saying? What What do you think the unemployment rate is? I have no fucking idea. But but I you do. think it's wrong what they, what they were telling us? What whatever it is is probably so you don't trust a lie. That. I don't trust the government. I do. See, you trust the government? I trust the people who work in the deep state. I trust these fucking bureaucrats. Yes, I do. The people with stale pizza on their desk and cold coffee who just do the job of making sure that your life is as cushy as it fucking is and most people's lives are because a lot of nameless, faceless people doing boring jobs do things like, yes, compile data on unemployment. I do. I trust those stats generally. And you, and so, so you, I suppose you, you, you trust science also, right? It depends on what science you're talking about. Bill, no, when we were one of my main things. We, when we were kids in the seventies, we were going to enter an ice age by the year two thousand. This is all scientific bullshit. Look it up. I understand. I know where you're going with this. And it was like, what? It's not going to happen. No. Right now, that right now, climate change Look. to me is the core of the fucking earth. 
heating up. I agree. I've always been on that page. Uh, you know, but and, that's, and, and a piece of fucking plastic laying in the street is not going to make a goddamn bit of difference. We are not going to kill this earth. It's going to kill us. Right. Well, yeah. that's what we're trying to avoid. <laughs> you what? know, and that's what George Carlin used to say, and I never understood it or agreed with it. He used to be like, people are worried about the earth. The earth will be fine. Yeah, the earth. I don't, it's not the fucking earth that I'm worried about. It's my ability to live on the earth. And you're right. That's what's going. Bill, you and I are two lucky fucks. Yes. We, we are living on the earth as... We're living. Yeah, as... as <laughs> comfortable as people could ever expect exactly. to expect to live. And part of the reason we live so comfortably is because, again, is our government shit? Yeah, in a way it never no, has been before. No, no, but it also the, the, is more no, functioning no. than most places on Earth. I mean, the toilets Bill, flush, the, re- the, the reason, roads are paved. But Bill, the reason you and I are living the life that we live is because ultimately and finally, we don't give a fuck. <laughs> I give a fuck. No, you don't. About what? About anything. You, I, I give I, a fuck I, about a lot of things. I don't give a fuck about anything. I give a fuck about um, staying healthy. I give a fuck about keeping my job. When I say I don't give a fuck, I mean I don't care if the guy in front of me doesn't take off the minute the light turns green. <laughs> <laughs> like but a- some people do. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. I've been in oh LA God. for I've been in LA for ten days. I thought, I've heard more fucking horn <laughs> honking on the light has turned red than I've heard in the last five years in Indiana. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something super profound. No. And you did like a Woody Allen on me and yeah. like when Woody Allen would be like, I don't know the meaning of the universe, but they've got to figure out uh, alternate street of the <laughs> parking on Wednesday. You know, you just do yeah. one of those kind of jokes. Yeah. Well, I, you know, we did a new rule on this, but it really is a real thing. They should build into the traffic light a horn honk. Because, you, no, really, because you have to honk because everyone cannot help but look at their phone in the one half of a minute that they have because I, they're so important. They I, need to check. I, do you? No. I don't either. Of course not. Hold on for a second. I don't even have the fucking phone. Well, you own one, don't I you? I own one, but I don't. It's for my convenience. Oh, that's, that's why I can't get old. That's that's no. Uh, but it's for my convenience. It's not for. Right. Me I mean, too. I, I have a girlfriend. Yes. I, I have a girlfriend, and I look and I go, "What the fuck are you doing on that phone?" I can't believe that you have a girlfriend. I know it's hard. It's hard <laughs> to believe. I know. <laughs> She has a, a really. Who's your girlfriend? She has a really high Who's your threshold girlfriend? for tolerance, huh? Who's your girlfriend? Oh, you don't know her. Yeah, I know. Describe her. I'm saying, who who is she? Is she like? And she's a beautiful 57 year old woman that I met about who just walked into my apartment in New York unexpectedly. Walked with, into your apartment? Yeah, she was with some friends. Oh, I see. She was with a couple <laughs> friends. She walked in. She. Didn't know I was going to be there. I didn't know she was there. And we met each other and it was... How long ago was this? Seven months ago. And she has not it's, left my side in seven months. It's Well, of course, you're in the golden period. You know, people are always talking about relationships. You know, <clears throat> they're good for at a certain time. And I'm always like, spoiler alert, the beginning. <laughs> you know, it's not a mystery why... Oh, there's nothing like seven months, right? Yeah. it's it, Listen, it's been great. She's not... Uh, you know, 
I have no absolute. I mean, I she's never even got angry at me. Then you've been around me what twenty <laughs> minutes, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, already I am not angry. <laughs> I'm loving every minute of it. And you're already pissed off. Like I am not Malik. pissed off. I'm thrilled you're here. <laughs> totally thrilled. I'm so appreciative, really. Because I thought we were friendly there for a while. Like you came to my show, I came to your show, and then we stopped dating. <laughs> no, I think it's the number thing. One of us changed our number. You with me? Yeah, I think so. Oh. <laughs> I think so. Here I am bitching, 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 and then it's me. Typical. Yeah, I. Uh, well, I've had the same phone number for oh, 150 years. <laughs> Do you know that my sister lives in a condo that my mother moved in after my father died with my sister, and they kept the number that we had in the house when I was a child, and my sister still has the number I had when I was, you know, two years old. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. I think that's it's, great. But it's, it, is, it is almost like you wish you could preserve that. It's almost a kind of a artifact of time. Mm-hmm. It's just a phone number. But you do, know, you, do you remember your, the phone number that you had when you were a kid? I'm telling you, my sister still has it. I know. Oh, of course. But, but, do you want but, me to say it on the air? No, no. I'm just <laughs> of saying. Course. But, but, you, but you know, of course, it's the. It's like it's like after my social security number is my identity. <clears throat> Ask a young person your social security number. Yeah. They don't know. They don't know what social security is. <laughs> There's no need for it because there won't be any when they no, get there. No, but there is a need to not like raise an entire generation of nudniks who just, I'm, I'm not talking about IQ. I'm sure they still have IQs, but they just don't learn anything, anything. Like they just, the collapse of our educational system is truly stunning. I mean, they do talk about it a lot in the present, but I think when we look back on this time, it will be stunning to historians how far we let it go down. I mean, there was a time when people would graduate high school knowing like Greek and Latin. Oh yeah, you had you had, you had to have it to get, get into I'm, college. I mean, they wouldn't even when I went, when we went, you couldn't get out. They wouldn't give you the diploma to get out of high school unless you knew some shit, like basic shit in life. Like you had to have passed math and you know English and science and and I feel like when I talk to younger people, I th- they don't know anything. Well, like I, certainly know, I, not history. I, I cannot uh, speak on that because there were 325 kids in my graduating class in Seymour High School. Seymour? And I graduated 286. I was, <sighs> I was seven out of 410. Show Deal off. Deal with that. Show bitch. off. <laughs> Show off. Seven. We would picked on you in high school. Oh, you totally would. <laughs> <laughs> totally. We've been picking oh, on oh, you in high school. I was picked on. <laughs> really? I, I spent my whole life, my whole life, my whole school life nervous because I was not the kid who was most picked on, but I was sometimes picked on. I was like I was like the alternate pick on kid. Like when they got tired of, for some reason, they, they drove that kid to like staying home or something. They would all, I, there's no reason. Kids are feral. Kids are, that's the, that's the book, The Lord of the Flies. But, but you know why, 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 why were they picking on you? Do you read Lord of the Flies? Yeah, I know the story. Yeah. 
<laughs> I love it when you're fed up with me. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I'm with you. <laughs> anyway, well, that's how kids are. Kids are worse than Nazis. They are. I mean, kids have to be taught. I know, but you're not answering the question. Why? I'm, I am answering the question. I'm saying there's no reason why they pick on a kid. You know why? Because they somehow sense, because they don't know shit, but they sense weakness. And they go, oh, let's exploit that. Okay, that's my point. Let's, and, let's and, and, you, and you just asked me 20 minutes ago, you go, well, why did you fight all the time? Because somebody started picking on me. If I couldn't fucking whip them, my two friends and me could. So after a while, nobody picked on me. I mean, it's great to have a Joe Pesci personality. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not denying that's a great thing, and I wish I had it, but I just, I don't have that personality. I mean, I, I um, yeah, and maybe it's because of that upbringing, maybe because I was so scared. I always had a knot in my stomach <clears throat> going to school. Never. I never had one. <laughs> never. <laughs> I couldn't wait to get to school. We should do a road version of The Odd Couple. You are a perfect Oscar, and I'm a perfect Felix, right? I guess so. You know that. You know The Odd Couple. Yeah. You're yes, but I've seen. <laughs> I saw the fucking movie. Yeah, I'm talking to you like you're one of those teenagers that doesn't know anything. I yes, I I've seen the but movie numerous times. You are times. exactly that guy. The smoking, perfect. What? No, for the. Oscar, he was the oh, rough-hewn, yeah. you know, and uh, Felix was the person that could, you know, sort of, you know, like, sort of semi-intellectual, you know. What do you say, I'm stupid? <laughs> <laughs> no, Oscar was not stupid, <laughs> but he was, but he was rough. And, yeah, I mean. No, listen, I am, uh, admittedly, I am a walking contradiction Everybody is. Yeah, but I really am. Yeah, you know what? Whenever a reviewer of like a biography wants to like just hand it in and get back to the bar, make your theme. He was a contradiction. Every fucking human is a contradiction. It's the easiest, most cliche thing to like hang on your biography. That's the, you know, Janice, you know, the... Um, the Roman goddess that has the two faces that we often see the yes, mask. Yes, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Bill, I know. <laughs> Forget the odd couple. This is more like the Sonny and Cher show. And I think I'm Cher. Cher, I'm you, are definitely Cher. <laughs> yeah, because I'm taller. <laughs> You're not taller than me. Oh, I'll take out just enough to beat you. No, 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 no. All right. I guess when the show ends and we're, <laughs> we're able to get up. You got to take those fucking girly high shoes off. Girly high shoes. How tall are you? 5'9". You're 5'9"? Yeah. Oh, then you're taller than me. I'm 5'8". Well, I might be 5'8 now. <laughs> <laughs> I might be 5'8". Do you think now. we shrink when we get older? Ab we absolutely do. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, I don't... When does it start? Oh, let me ask you a question. <laughs> 70, I'm open. Let me ask you a question. What do you give a fuck? <laughs> what do you give a fuck if you're 5'8", five, 5'9", five, 5'7"? I, I don't give a well, shit. Well, I mean, it would have been nicer if I was 6'2", but God, why? Fu God fucked up. That's no, why. no, no. God fucked up. Do you imagine? I was supposed to be 6'2". No. We put in the request. No, no, yes, no. Yes, they prayed on it. What is so great about 6'2"? I used to see six it's two better. guys. No, it's not. <laughs> How do you figure that? 
Because chicks like it better. No, they do not. Well, they don't. It's not a deal breaker. But yes, in general, they would rather you be 6'2". No, than, they would not. Why are you wrong on everything? Of I, course I just, they would. No, they, you know, you you're, gonna, you're speaking from the position of a privileged... You were a giant rock star. Of course they didn't care you were 5'8". You could have been 2'8". Prince got more pussy than anybody, and he was three feet tall. You could carry him in why, your hand on the, Bill, into a... Bill, why, why are you using those words around me? I'm not cursing around you. What cursing? Pers- using the word pussy. I mean, that's... Who's a pussy? You said they got more pussy, and I'm going... Why are oh, you yeah, using... Oh, yeah, they got sa- more pussy. Yeah, well, Why, you can't say pussy? Oh, no, I'm above that. <laughs> I'm sure you were above it many thousands of times. <laughs> As my point, you're a rock star... So, yes, they don't care how tall you are. And you still got that pompadour. That's awesome at your age. I got to give it to you for that. That you can still get your hair to look the John Mellencamp look. No, I used to have my hair over my eyes. I bet not. Who knows? No one liked that. This was your best look. It was? Yes, and you still kind of got it. I still do. Yeah. My girlfriend likes it. Hey, you're the the king of age appropriate. See, I'm the opposite. What are you talking about? 57 is age appropriate, that you're a big hero for that to women. I'm a villain. What are you, like dating teenagers? <laughs> not teenagers. No, not teenagers. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. You would if you could, though. <laughs> no, no, no. You know that song Sealy Dan has, Hey 19? Yeah. What do you think of it? I think it was written in a different time. I was just talking to uh, somebody the other day, and I said, listen to the lyrics to this song. And it says, hello, clit, put both your feet on the stuff. I, I can see that you're only 15 years old, but I don't want your ID. And I thought, wow. if you wrote that today. Oh, all of early rock was yeah. just, Will Ferrell once did a hysterical bit on SNL where he was like a, and they were selling tapes of the 50, 50s rock singers. <laughs> Every song was like, you're 12 years old, and I want to... It was just... And they just didn't care. Even when I was a kid, like, first listening to music in 1968, Gary Puckett and the Union Gap had a big hit with Young Girl. Get, get out, out of, of my life. Get out of my mind. Mind, yeah. My love for you was way out of line. And no, he says Nobody. in the song, my love is way out of line, and no one cared. No one tried to stop it. No one thought well, it was a know, record you, that should you, be pulled. You, you, saw, uh, you saw Almost Famous. Yes, of course. That's the way it was. In my, before there were computers, you remember that? Very much. Okay. Yeah. They, I, was, to, I was late to computers. We, so was I. We, and email. I don't even have one. You don't have email? No. I, I can barely keep up with text. You skipped right to texting. Yeah, I just text. God damn. But back then, there used to be a, a page in the back of the book that gave the age of consent in every state. Right. For, for the band <laughs> to know what the age of consent you was. You mean the rock star's guide yeah. to America? No, it was, it was our tour books. Okay, you're staying in this hotel. Right. If you're hiring, you know that it's incredibly hard to attract top talent at a fair price. Last week, my gardener asked that his rate be raised to $70 an hour. $70? Because I have this massive shrub on my property that's very hard to trim. Wink, wink. It's the worst case of 70s bush I've ever seen. But seriously, with the current labor market conditions, hiring is harder than ever. That's why you want a partner who gets it. Zip Recruiter. 
ZipRecruiter knows how tough it is right now, but they've figured out solutions for the problems you're facing. See for yourself, right now you can try them for free at ZipRecruiter.com random. To reach more of the right people, ZipRecruiter posts your job to over 100 job sites. And they do it fast too, because they use smart technology, which makes me wonder, who would use dumb technology? ZipRecruiter lets you invite the most qualified people to apply to your job with no surprise costs. Team up with a hiring partner who understands what you need. ZipRecruiter. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com random. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com random. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, Texas, I'm coming to see you live in person. First, Austin, Friday, September 1st. I'll be at the ACL Live at the Moody Theater in downtown Austin. Then on Saturday, September 2nd, I'm coming to the Texas Trust CU Theater in Grand Prairie, Texas, between Dallas and Fort Worth, but you know that. And then Friday, September 15th, and Saturday, September 16th, the David Copperfield Theater at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Get your tickets at the link on our channel or go to BillMar.com. There was a, a, a woman who came out uh, probably when, at the time that David Bowie died, which was like six years ago. Right. And um, she said that she lost her virginity to David Bowie, and she was underage. I think she was 15 or something, 16. Yeah. And, but she went to great lengths to emphasize that if it was not a bad experience at all, that she doesn't regret it. Uh, she described him as a gentle, considerate, uh, knowledgeable lover, and um, he was wearing a kimono. So this chick loses her virginity to David Bowie in a kimono, and he's good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and of course, the usual suspects were all over this, because how could she know better than we about what's appropriate and what feels good? And no, you shouldn't change the law so that you know people can have sex with someone under age, but... Also, acknowledge one person's personal story. It is not always, apparently, a nightmare. I, I, I suppose. Let's make it the David Bowie law. If you can do it with David Bowie. <laughs> you can do it with anybody. <laughs> but, you know, uh, our, our great-grandparents and stuff, they, people were getting married at 14, 14, 15 years old. You know, I, and, and, and I, that's I, a little, yeah, maybe in your part of the country. But, I mean, yes. No, I had a housekeeper that uh, I think she got married when she was 13, and she was still married. She was an older woman, and, and you know, she got married when she was 13. No, there are people who have grandkids at 40. I did. A grandkid at 40? I had one at 36. You had a grandkid at 36? I just told you a little bit ago that I got married when I was a senior I know, in high school. But you, I, I, okay, but I didn't know you quickly had a kid. Why do you think I got married? And then you go, oh, <laughs> oh I yeah. want, I want to get married. And oh. uh, when I was in high school, yeah, there was like you she know, was pregnant, and she was five years older than me. You know, three of the Beatles did that. Did what? Married the girl because they got her pregnant. They did the right thing. So you're in good company is what I'm saying. Well, I'm, I'm telling you that there were a lot of people that did that besides me yes. and the Beatles. No, no, no. 
Just because you were having sex at that age, Bill, doesn't mean. I thought it was just you and the Beatles. No. Whoa. Mind blown. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know know where you're hitting around. Yeah. So you were, that is, that is a mind blown. Though, I though. think I was 36. 36, 36 to be a grandfather. Yeah. I think so your so. kid had a, how old was your kid when she had a baby? 19 or 20. 19. 19 or 20. Isn't it interesting the way families go in cycles? You know, the, the sins and the attributes that are good seem to carry on over to the next generation. I mean, when it's bad, of course, it's bad because cycles like of abuse continue through generations. Not to defend R. Kelly, because I don't, but uh, he was abused, you know, as a kid. And that's not uncommon, that abusers were abused. Yeah, that, you know, that word abuse gets thrown around pretty fucking... That's true, too. Pretty loosely, you know. Yeah. I mean, I... I, 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 I agree. I I, th- I think that uh, I need to see a finger in the asshole to. Well, I, don't say know, I don't know what that means either. <laughs> you don't know what a finger not, in the asshole well, means, hold on, hold on, hold and you're on. the rock star. <laughs> oh, I think you very much know what it means. No, I, I not a swimming party after this, is there? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, rock. There's well, not a swimming party after there, this. There is a pool. <laughs> um. No, dream on. <laughs> okay, I, I, I have a question for you. Yeah. So I watch your show. I know, thank you. And I see you press your belt buckle all the time. Press it? Yeah. You stand, you do this. I do? And you, you, and you get busy with this hand and then all of a sudden- Is this during the monologue? Yeah. And what are you pressing on your belt buckle? You know what? First of all, thank you for telling me that because I have a terrible habit, which is unprofessional. Mostly I'm very professional. I don't watch myself. You should. You should watch your own show. See what you're doing right or wrong. So when I get a piece of information like this, it's very valuable. So I thank you. Because I I don't know I'm doing that, and I don't want to be doing that. It looks like... Looks like what? It looks like... Looks terrible, doesn't it? No, no. It looks like you're controlling (laughs) the, uh, the teleprompter. Oh my God. It looks like you're controlling, because you're going like this. I don't, but what a great idea. Put well, a remote in my dick. No, not <laughs> in your dick. The it's like right, right here, and, and you'll be talking, but you always, yeah. you, it's always this hand, you're always right, and, you, and then you go like that. And no, I think, I think, is he pushing a fucking button to control the, the, the teleprompter? No. Because it'll go from, from one setup, you complete that, and then you'll do that, boom, and then you're back. And then you're talking some more, and then you like do something with this hand to draw attention like a magician, and then all of a sudden this hand is on that belt buckle again. <laughs> I think he's got no. a fucking he's got he's controlling no. the teleprompter. You trust me, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not doing that, but I'm totally going to do that. <clears throat> it's a, it's genius. But it must be, you know what it is, I think <clears throat> when I do that, <clears throat> because it's stupid and lame, <clears throat> excuse me. I think the director probably cuts away at that moment and misses it. So, like, I'm still touching my it, well, belt buckle. It's, it's, it, like, he, he, he's not 
Okay, but, but I'm not. Buddy, I'm just telling you. When I, when, he's not cutting away. If I ever, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's my because, point. Because but, I caught it, and so did my girlfriend. No, it's like it's, he's it's, a great director, but he's but I he can't cover for like somebody who's doing a, a stupid tick on the air. So when I get back to work, if that ever happens, if this strike is ever resolved, I uh, can't wait to address that, and you will not see some belt. Buckle pushing, I'll, my I'll friend. Right. All, in the all you got to do is watch a couple monologues, and you'll see it. I won't. <laughs> it's the problem, you, you, but I appreciate you telling me because that's what friends do. They, what is the one thing that people like us, who have everything we could have ever dreamed of, where we value above all else? Honesty, right? And that's truth. the difference between me. You and give me a truth that's like you, a gift, like that. you could. It's I have everything I need. I have. 12 motorcycles, wait, no, I don't. I don't do stupid shit like that. But I got a nice place to live. I got, you know, friends. I got, give me a piece of truth and it's better than a covered dish. Well, I, uh, <laughs> I on the other hand, don't trust anybody. <laughs> don't believe anybody. Come on, yes, you do. No. You believe me. Don't you believe me, everything I'm saying, that at least I believe? I believe... You don't think I'm faking anything, do you? I believe that you believe what you're saying. <laughs> well, that's enough. That's all we can ever do. Yeah. but That's all we can ever do. Look, Bill, it, you can't just, ask for just, more. Be, just because we think something doesn't make it true. No, of course not. Well, but most people think because they do think it that, you know... Oh, well, most George people... Bush was like a great president because they think that Trump is... is a, because they think it... That doesn't make it true. Well, I agree with that, and I agree with the example, but, of course, it happens on the other side, too. Lots of people on both sides think stuff that isn't true, but they just want to believe it. And, unfortunately, we live in a media world where they know they can make money feeding your myth back to you. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. On both sides. Yeah. Used right. to be just one side. I used to be able to say Fox News and their bubble, but there's two bubbles now. I mean, it was inevitable. People in a bubble are going to create their own bubble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or a different bubble. or I don't know. But there's too many bubbles. Yeah. I mean, there's basically two. But I feel like, you know, we used to have a country that was so much more communal. Just media, for example. We all watched. There was only three channels. And it was only a half hour long. I mean, Ed Sullivan was a variety show. Because you had to do something for everybody. Because that's what the whole family watched. Mom and dad and the kids. So for mom, there was like Robert Goulet's. Yeah. <laughs> and for dad, I don't know, there was like fucking jugglers or some shit. And for the kids, and now here's Creedence Clearwater Revival. Yeah. Here's young John Mellencamp. Yeah. Doing his big hit. Hurt so great. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> If you had done Ed Sullivan, that's my, you were a little too young to do Ed Sullivan. But but I watched it. Yeah, I, but we watched it, and we all watched it together. And and I feel like and, we're so divided. Yeah, together. like and, Nobody and, has the same common experience. Everybody gets their own news feed, mm -hmm. like your personal. Well, how about this? How about instead of talking about these mass shootings in schools that we start showing it? Show those kids. Show what a bullet looks like going through a fucking five-year-old kid's head. That's what changed the Vietnam War. 
Yeah. They started showing. You're right. They started showing combat and what was happening to 18-year-old kids. And all of a sudden, it was like, whoa, wait a fucking minute. Until, if you're going to change the gun laws, start showing this shit. Don't say, and 18 kids were murdered. Because that just goes in and out. Because we've right. heard we're numb to it. But if we see it, that's going to change everything. Well, The gun lobby will, ha will be like, fuck, we're fucked. So the news, a bunch of fucking cowards, show it. You're, you're, you're talking about it. You're giving us numbers. Right. Show it. And you think they have the footage? Of course they do. Yeah, they could shoot it. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, you walk in, the fucking cops walk in there, and it's like they're shooting everything. Right. It's there. They've got it. But show it. It ended Vietnam. Well, I can tell you what would happen if they did show it. Every politician would tweet out that their thoughts and prayers. I said it in one of my songs. Were, yes, you did. I said, I said, I said, your thoughts and prayers are not going to help yes. the fucking homeless. Right. Not going to help the homeless. So knock it off with that shit. Matter of fact, when I play that song in concert, I, I, I sometimes stop and I go, it just pisses me off when I hear that. Your thoughts and prayers. Fuck you. But, I mean, if we are really going to be comprehensive <clears throat> on the gun issue, any, I would certainly uh, agree with that thing about showing it but there has to be a much more comprehensive realistic view of why we have all these shootings among kids and it guns is a piece of the puzzle but it's there's also guns in movies the glorification of oh. using guns in media but but they've they the the woke have just want they like their issue on this is just guns and it's just it's also the drugs the kids are on I mean, RFK talks about this, and they're like, that's a crazy conspiracy theory. It is not a crazy conspiracy theory that in the last couple of generations, they put kids on all these psychotropic drugs. Arianna Huffington became famous talking about this one issue. On my show first, and everybody's show in the 90s, the kids were on Prozac. You get kids on a drug, they're going to be on one kind of drug or another for the rest of their lives. Yeah, you can't but, imagine my childhood if my mind had all I had to deal with. All, I, all, all I'm saying is, is that a good place to start is to get these fucking guns away from people. Just because it yeah. was, just because right. it's it's the Second Amendment changed this, and people go, you can't change the Second Amendment. Fuck, you can't. It's an amendment. Change it. Of course. But be realistic. That's never going to happen in America. Yeah. Oh, if they start showing these fucking kids laying there dead, it will. I don't think so. I don't think they, the, the people who love guns love them on a level that w we can't understand. It's, it's primal. It's not just something that's an issue. It's personal. It's in your house. You touch it, you know. It's like pot smokers are with pot, you know. It's very in our personal space. And the, the idea of taking it away, I mean, liberals are always in a dis disadvantage with this issue because it's not a visceral issue to say, uh, you know, guns are bad. It's visceral to be like, this thing I like, they're going to take from me. I don't think you're ever going to change that. They're hey, not going to rewrite listen, the second Listen, amendment. listen. Well, my point is, is that if you show what's really going on, it'll become like stoplights. 
I don't want to stop at a fucking stoplight. That's always the stoplight with you. But there it is. I got to fucking stop. And then people start honking. And then people start fucking honking because they have no patience. Because you're looking at your goddamn phone. That's right. Because you're so important. That's right. People, see, that's what the really important thing to know about America, John, is that everyone in America is very important. Well, and you know, and you know, want to know something? Got to check that phone. You want to know something? And they are. But, however, exactly. That's how, what I meant. However, however, there has to be a certain amount of respect for other people and humanity that just right now is well, not existing. That's radical thinking, my friend. I'm a radical. You I, kind I, of are. I told. You're I told, a rebel. I told. I told the president. I want. Uh, uh, they wanted me to do a benefit. Which for, president? The current. I'm not going to mention him. Not not the current one. Oh. Not the current one or the one before, but before that. And he wanted me to do something for him, and I just said, hey, man, you're just not, you're just not fucking liberal enough, and I don't believe you're going to change anything. Wow. And he never liked me after that. <laughs> I don't blame him. Sounds like it was Obama. I played at Obama's inauguration. See, I'm a big Obama fan because I feel like He's realistic, and I'm realistic. I feel like your philosophy is less realistic. How do you so, how do you figure? I'm I the mean, most logical guy I know. Logic. Yeah, logical. I, 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 I mean the logic of perspective. Like you know, yes, we have aspirations toward things, and then we have um, realistic uh, ability to get to a certain place that's not the perfect place. You know, Obama yeah. used to say, "Let's not let the perfect be the enemy of the good." I get it. I know you do. I get it. But, <laughs> but here's my point. There is logic and there's emotion. And the problem is, is that people marry those things together. Can't be that way. It's like believing in right. Jesus. Believing in Jesus. Right. That's, well, that's an emotional decision. Okay. I feel like it's an emotional decision of yours to say that you can't trust the Department of Labor to tell me what they They're the government. See, that to me is emotional and not very logical. It's broad. It's very broad. It's not really doing the work of getting into the weeds. Oh, the government is terrible. Let's get in the weeds. Bill, and get in the weeds and find out just how corrupt they are. The That's Department exactly of, what's going to happen. I feel like the Department of Labor, again, is Talk a lot of nerds, of government, sincere government nerds working at a job. They're not like faking the labor statistics. They're not, they're not, oh gosh, let's say unemployment is 3% because we love Biden oh, so much. So, yeah, well, you don't think so? No, I don't. I, okay, why? So, <clears throat> Why? Because the economy bears out what they say, and people in the government who have no reason not to use those statistics to make their arguments about one issue or another about the government. We can't make arguments without data, without knowing what's real first. You're saying we don't know what reality is. By the way, we that's don't. what the Trump people say. We can't trust anything. That's QAnon. We can't trust anybody. It's all a conspiracy. And that's not just, that's not real. That, that's paranoid. That's, that's, too cynical. No, no. <laughs> no, no. no. Or, or, <laughs> or, let me finish. <laughs> or, go ahead. Or not. Yeah, or not is right. <laughs> no, 
No, there's no or not. I, that's my position. No, no. Okay. No, no I, I, uh, I, I, I think some politicians are honest people, and they go into it being honest. But when they all get together, you know. Oh, oh, it's a corrupt business. Yeah, 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 oh, of course. Yeah, well, yeah, once they get all get, again, it's, like, John, it's like cops. The, the issue is not whether politics is corrupt or not. The issue is what would be better, clubbing each other to see who leads the world as we did in days of yore? No, all the most of the things we have are like, yeah, we tried something else, and yeah, this is very imperfect, <clears throat> but it works better than communism, which doesn't work at all. That's a true nightmare. And people in America, in capitalist, democratic... Have you, have, have you ever read the Communist Manifesto? Of course not. Why? You should read it. I, I get the gist. Oh, you get it. I do. No, no, you need to read it. The Communist Manifesto? Yeah, you need to read it. You know, on your recommendation, I will. Is it read. long? <laughs> have somebody read it to you. It's pretty short, right? Yeah, have somebody read it to you. Yeah, it's basically, on I, want paper, your, I want your stuff. Um, no. <laughs> No. You have stuff and I want it. No. Yes, it is. No. That's not what it says. <laughs> that's that's, not, that's, that's the whole book. I guarantee I'm going to yeah. do this. I'm going to send you a book report, and I better get an A-. minus. <laughs> well, I think you'll find out that it's not, it's not anything right. close to what we're seeing. Let's say we're making it into a movie. Give me the highlights. Give me the pitch for the Communist Manifesto. We got the biggest. They, they, they already did that. We got Leo to play they, Mark. They, 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 they already, they already, they've already covered that. They've already made it. What movie? I don't know. I'm sure they have. No, but Karl Marx, you know, was a, a miserable human being. Join the fucking club. Right, but I mean, like they teach, they teach the communist oh, manifesto. Goddamn country right now is miserable. No, I'm just saying because, like Karl Marx, who was like a horrible homophobe and a racist, and like all it checks all the boxes of what the woke hate the most. He is like the third most taught uh, economics person that they teach in colleges in America. Something like that. I may not have that exactly right, but he is widely taught, and he really was horrible in all the ways that we now know are makes a person kind of horrible. Right. But if you just read what's on the page. You think he's right? I, don't, I didn't say that. Oh. <laughs> I, 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 I can see where he's coming from. Well, I can, I can, I, I, I'm, I'm open-minded yeah. enough to go, well, maybe. I can, I can see where he's coming from, too. Germany which produces morose people. He was very morose, you know, about, because a lot of life, if, you know, life is winners and losers, and you don't even know why, who winds up on either side. It's very arbitrary. I mean... Yeah, every 50 years, those guys fuck something up. I got it. <laughs> Wait, what? Who? The Germans. Every 50 oh, the years, Germans. they fuck something up every you know, 50 years. Do you know the, you must know the Tom Lehrer album that was the year that was it was a famous comedy album by this harvard professor tom Lehrer. he wrote and performed he was played piano in a nightclub he was he was a harvard professor but he wrote these genius songs they're like from 1964 and they're still funny and they're still sometimes relevant and one of them was about um 
I mean, we, we, this is 1964. The war was only over 19 years, but we were very friendly with Germany. And one of his lines was, <laughs> once the Germans were warlike and mean, but that couldn't happen again. We taught them a lesson in 1918, and they've hardly bothered us since then. <laughs> but every 50 years, they do something fucked That's up. That's my point. Yeah. And I did it in song. Mm-hmm. But, but what I'm saying, you know, if you, I, I guess you've seen this and heard it. If you ask that machine that a lot of people have in their house and you can ask. AI? No, Siri <laughs> or something. Alexa. Alexa. <laughs> if you, can, you, you ask Alexa when the next World War started, you've seen all this shit? Well, I know AI just lies. Do you know that? No, they no. just make shit up. Like that's one of, that is like the biggest. Oh, just like the government. Exactly. Just like the internet. Yeah, yeah. Just like people, because it was programmed by people. But this is, at, at, as, as of this moment, I'm sure they'll work out the bugs, or I don't know, maybe they won't, but as of this moment, that's the biggest problem with AI, is that you can ask it a question and it will give you an answer as if it's very, oh, well, we are, we are AI, we know everything. And then you check it out and it's like, oh no, this is not just slightly erroneous. This is like made up out of whole cloth. That is a great question as to why that's happening, why that's the biggest problem with AI. Plainly, it has something to do with who programmed it, mm -hmm. the internet. Yeah, the internet is a bunch of bullshitters and liars, and they taught AI. So until they fix that, I don't trust AI for, for anything unless they figure out something health-wise. In which case, I am, no, I'm gonna I, I, we're both going to love AI because it's going to help both of us. How? Because, <laughs> he says with a cigarette in his hand, because they'll figure out how to fix you when all the stupid shit you did to yourself comes back to haunt you. I, I've been, uh, uh, I, I'm trying to say, Bill, you're kind of like saying one thing with one hand and something else with the other, and like you don't trust this, you don't trust that, but you love the government. Why is everything so black and white with you? I don't love the government. I'm saying the government is the least bad option. Perfect is not on the menu. Of course not. Okay, so then you have to make All right, a so, so showing the fucking dead kids laying on the goddamn street instead of just giving us numbers. What and, dead kids? And, uh, what? The, 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 the dead kids laying in the classroom. Oh, the classroom. Yeah, start, start showing us that. Show it okay, to us. Okay, we agree on that point. I know, but... We both want to see dead but, kids. <laughs> but, but my point is, is, that, is that when the truth lays there in front of you, people will make the right decision. People will? Yeah. You have faith in people like that? Happened in Vietnam. Well, <clears throat> yes. Bill, have uh, you have you driven down the roads here <laughs> and seen the fucking rows and rows and rows of all the military guys that were killed in World War II over what? World War II? Yeah, World War II, Vietnam. Well, World War, you don't think we needed to fight World War II? I don't think we need to fight any fucking war. Not World War II, the one against Hitler and Tojo? Those fucking people should have just battled out amongst themselves. Well, they weren't battling out amongst themselves. They were allies. They were dividing up the world. Were they going to come and get us? Yes! They, no. for, there's a book called 1964. Yeah, yeah. You know the book? Yeah, I know the book. 
You know everything. I cannot tell you anything. What's it about? What's 1964 about? It's, was this George Orwell's book? No, that's, not, uh, that's 1984. Okay, all right, all right. No, I don't know 1964. 1964 was a big book, I don't know, like 25 years ago. It posited that Hitler had won the war. And what? yes, then took over America. And it was America in 1964 that had been under Nazi occupation for 20 years. That's what that book is about. And yes, it could have happened. If Hitler wasn't insane, if he had not started a two-front war, that could have very well have happened. If somebody would have let him into art school, there would have been no war at all. Well, that, <laughs> yes, right. I mean, that is very possible. Yeah, I mean, if somebody would have let that guy into art school. We, or if we, he sold a painting. Or, or anything, but he didn't. Right. So, you know, what's interesting is that, you know who was born in the same year as Hitler, and in a way has a parallel life, Charlie Chaplin. Well, Chaplin, was, Hitler loved Chaplin. That's why he grew that. Hitler loved Chaplin until Chaplin, it pissed yeah. Chaplin off so much. That he made the movie, The Great that, Dictator. That's right. That's right, because he was like oh saying. Oh, my God. So Hitler's mustache because he saw it on Charlie Chaplin? That's right. He didn't that have, makes sense, and I never knew that. Yeah, that's that, that's what that's all about. He loved Chaplin. Until, Everybody loved Chaplin. He was a star on a level that is almost unimaginable. I know, I mean, Taylor Swift is now on a level that's like really quite, I mean. How do you, let me ask you a question. How do you <laughs> feel about legacy and all that stuff? Legacy, my own? Yeah, yours, Charlie Chaplin's. Well, you, you name it. those are very different legacies, but I mean, I would love to be thought of as, well, the great comedians of the entire world, Chaplin, Bill Maher. Yes, that would be appropriate, but that's never going to happen. But um, no, but um, I, I mean, legacy, if you're talking about something after I'm gone. Mm -hmm. no, I'm, not, I'm not talking about, we're not always talking about you, Bill. I'm just. <laughs> um. Well, it's not always about you, though. <laughs> what is it? Well, then what? what? <laughs> okay, I'm listening. <laughs> which not I always... don't like, which I don't want to do, but I'll do it. Not always about me. Go ahead. My, but, my, but my point is... I'm waiting. Okay, I give up. <laughs> Uncle. Uh, well, let's talk about your legacy. Is it about you? I don't care. What, what legacy I, I are we talking about? If it's not me or you, whose legacy are we? I don't give a fuck. I don't either. But if but you said me, if it's not about me or you, whose legacy are we talking about? I'm just saying there's no legacy. That's of that. anybody? No. Well, there is legacy that the, the people who live on after. Yes, I, you don't think there's people who like, say, Mr. Jesus Christ. Hold on for a second. You just said a minute ago, if you said Ed Sullivan to a, a, a kid today, he wouldn't know who the fuck he was. Yeah. Well, they know who Jesus Christ is. One. He's very famous. One. Okay. But I'm just saying, <laughs> look, I don't even uh, fully know, nobody does, actually, whether there were actually was a historical Jesus. He may not have lived at all. But you can't deny that his legacy lived on one. after he died. Not just one. One. Many okay. We have one. We have him. We, uh, have, we Steve, have Steve Jobs. No. No, the iPhone? 
did not change things? Yeah, I'm not did, saying he didn't change shit. Okay, well, that's a legacy. He for, has a legacy. two or three decades. Okay, sing me well, one Glenn Miller song. Glenn Miller. Come on. Glenn, Glenn Miller was my father's. Uh, so what? I'm just well, saying. What, what's your point about Glenn Miller? He was as huge as the fucking Beatles. Yes, he was. He, okay. And, yes, he was. He, he was for huge. For the kids who don't know. Okay, but, he, uh, you, but wait, let me you tell and them I what. You and I cannot okay. hum a Glenn Miller either. was a band leader. Yeah. This was the era of the 40s. Bands, that was it. And a band leader who played an instrument. Tommy Dorsey, um, who's the... The, the clarinet. Um. Regardless who they were. <laughs> no, just just hum me one fucking Wait, song. Wait, I'm just saying Glenn uh, Miller me one was song. one of those big band leaders. Do you actually think that I think of so much of myself that just two decades from now, anybody's going to give a fuck about any song that I ever wrote? I will. Didn't he die in a plane crash? I don't know. Glenn Miller? Yeah, I think, I think he, he did. did. I think he did. I think it was a wartime... Like he was going to entertain the troops or something. I think I I, I think you're right, and I think that, <laughs> as but, if a guy uh, playing think, a trumpet was entertaining. What was wrong with those people? And they were dancing to. Yes. And it was two decades ago, two or three decades ago. Well, that was more than that. It well, was almost a hundred years ago. Glenn Miller. Really? I mean, yes. By the time the fifties came around, it was it was pablum, but it wasn't big band music anymore. It was Patti Page and Frank Sinatra and stuff like that, um, a lot of vocalists and... Bill. What? That's before <laughs> my time. And then, of course, mid-50s, you have Elvis. Bill, where are, let me ask you a question. What? Where are we right now? 2023. No, no, no. Where, where are you and I at right now? Club Random? No. We're on a great big fucking rock going around the sun. Yeah, so... It's arrogant as fuck for us to sit here and talk about like what you think and what I think is important. It's just not. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah, Nobody. Well, I don't think we're under well, the illusion that we're we on are... a big rock going around the sun. It's been going around the sun for fucking millions of years. What we say and do doesn't amount to yeah, shit. But you want you want your kids to live comfortably on it, don't you? My kids are going to live very comfortably. Thank you. But you know, so you don't you don't think environmental disaster is looming? Where on Earth, the one we live on? I think that uh, there are people making a lot of fucking money. That's why we don't have supersonic planes. You know that story, right? If, if your point is that the people who profit from there being environmental catastrophe lie to us sometimes and exaggerate sometimes, I agree. Okay. That doesn't mean there also isn't environmental catastrophe looming. What the problem here is that people in this country, they all think they have the answer. I couldn't be wrong. So therefore, it's okay if I lie or cheat in service of the cause, because I'm just so sure that Trump won the election. I can lie about it. Okay, whatever. Well, so look. yes, there is people lying about the environment, but it also is a real thing. Yeah, yeah, listen, I-, I, I, I And it's I, gonna get us. I don't know. It's going to get us. Just population will get us. I mean, I don't understand these people, like Elon Musk is one of them, who they talk like, we need more people. More people would be great. And we already have too many people. And then they say, well, look, fly over the country. You could see how empty it is. Yeah, it's not about 
uh, we have room for them, but we all use stuff, you know, like resources. That's what we don't have enough of. Okay, but Just that is going to fuck us. Yeah, just but here, more people. Here's the point. We do have resources. We're just not using them. What are you talking about? Like what? Like what resources? Like how uh, can you grow more water? There's in no China, more- there's tons <clears throat> of fucking cities that have millions of people. They're taking seawater and changing it over. Yes. They can they can do that right here in California, but you cocksuckers are too tight and don't want to spend the money to do it. You'd have more fucking water. You would have to steal it from Nevada, and you would have water out the ass. I will, I will have you know that at least 10% of us are not cocksuckers, not strictly speaking, <laughs> <laughs> metaphorically perhaps. <laughs> but that's the truth. They, well, you, you can you, change. You're not going to get me to defend California. I'll put it that way. You can ch- look. I mean, the homeless. And state, I love California, but and, it is and, a ridiculous state. And, and the homeless situation here and across. I, I travel all, just like you travel yes. all. I see it everywhere. See what everywhere. The homeless. Yes. And we used to have laws that we enforce called vagrancy. Yes. That we just seem to ignore now. <clears throat> right. Nobody enforces it. Uh, and <clears throat> there are ways, humane ways, of helping. Look, if you want to blame somebody, I blame Reagan. <laughs> Always a safe. Uh... Well, he's the guy <laughs> that did away with, you know. He didn't help. Yeah, he said, well, we're going to tear down all these old mental institutions. We're going to build yes, new ones and, right. pri- and privatize them. And we're going right. to tear down all these prisons that are run by the state. And we're going to privatize You're them. so right about that. I forgot about that. He, he, they, they start, yes, that's when it started. They, he, too many people who should have been in institutions were let out. Well, and they were going to build private, they figured out how to make money off the prisons and so they, that's why there's so many black people in jail. And in, in your free free world for the black, uh, that's why the prisons are full of black, young black men because they can't afford to defend themselves. So every empty bunk is- And some committed crimes. Yeah, thank God for prisons. I agree with okay. you. you. But know. there's a lot of guys that are in prison but, for a half ounce of marijuana yes. today. No, there are too many black people, I'm sure, in prison still today who are there because they didn't commit crimes or committed crimes that white people commit that white people didn't pay for. Right. That still goes on and that's the kind of you know place, of course, racism still exists. But that's different than, you know, there are more police interactions with black people. That's just a fact. So more of them are going to wind up in prison. You can't, Get a get out. Of, what? Here's the thing: an empty bunk in prison is making no money. Get somebody in these bunks. Let's say that <clears throat> that each bunk that has a person in it is worth a hundred thousand dollars, and they spend thirty thousand dollars supporting these guys who are in prison for whatever. And that's like what sixty thousand, seventy thousand dollars profit. Whoa. Profit. But they just couldn't figure out how to make money off the mental institutions. How the fuck right. are you going to make this money is, off? This is <clears throat> this is the pathology of the Republicans. Ray, uh, similarly, Trump, for pennies, could have kept alive 
the <clears throat> sparsely uh, staffed crews that we had overseas to keep their eye on possible arising infectious diseases. I can't remember the names, their bureaucratic letters, but we had we had one in Wuhan, China. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, they didn't find a virus that year, Trump looked at the budget and went, get rid of this. It's not making money for us. What do we need it for? Yeah, because for pennies, you could have stopped something that cost us $6 trillion. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, 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 I agree. But, I agree 100%. But... What, what I'm saying is, is that there are humane ways of getting these people off the streets, protecting them against themselves. I just saw an interview with some woman who's living on the streets here in L.A., and she says, I don't want to get off the streets. I get up in the morning, I get fucked up, I have sex, then, right. I, get, then I eat a little something, <laughs> and then I, I get high again, then I have fucking sex. And then I go to bed with some guy I don't know. Let's it's get a tent today. Yeah, let's get a fucking tent. You know, and it's and she doesn't want to get off the streets. Okay, but you but would she call somebody to. like that yeah, mentally ill. I mean, Ill. that's, that's uh, oh, that's a great question. I mean, I, I kind of admire the um, just live by the moment, but no, I mean, it's not. It's not meant. You know, such a fine line. We're all a little mentally ill. That's the problem. Is it's a slippery slope. And it's a sliding slope. No, everybody's somewhat crazy. Is that crazy? You can, you could make the case that's just—it's a lifestyle. People live crazy lifestyles. And guess what? You want to live that lifestyle? Go live it. But you can't right. live it on the fucking streets exactly. of Los Angeles. That's right. That's right. You can't. You, you, or you let's would... create one whole community, <laughs> homeless land, and there'll be no houses. It'll just be streets well, and if you remember, dumpsters. If, and... if, if, if you remember during the Great Depression, they had this. I don't. I'm way too young. Well, you've read books I'm or seen it on you. TV. I'm just telling the kids. Where they had, you know, camps where people went and they worked. Camps, yeah. You know. And I'm not talking about the kind oh. of camps that they no had, no had, that camp. they had no with the camp. Japanese people. Camp. <laughs> camp is not always a bad word. That's right. We don't have to always be worried about. It. I went to camp. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, went to the, I went to didn't Nazarene. kill me there. <laughs> Did you go to camp? Yeah, the Nazarene camp. Nazarene. That's a religion. Well, Jesus was a Nazarene. I know. If he, <laughs> I went to the Nazarene if, church. If he really existed. If he really existed, sure. You, do you think he really existed? My logic says no. My emotions go, well, I hope so. Why, because you're a Christian? No, I, because I, no, I'm, an, I, I'm one of those wishy-washy uh, agnostics. Oh, I'm a full-on atheist. I know that. <laughs> I know, I watch your show. I know. Um, but the reason why I think it's fishy is because... Um, okay, we have four people who wrote about Jesus, the four in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and St. Paul, right? Mm -hmm. Every book in the New Testament comes from one of those five people. The one who wrote closest to Jesus' life was Paul. <clears throat> Jesus dies in 33. Paul is writing in the 50s, you know, with the leather jackets and the grease. <laughs> yeah, right. And the other three, the other four, are writing way later. And yet they know more about Jesus than Paul does, who wrote 
Immediately, so, like, yeah. It, right. It, if Paul, it seems like he should have known something and he knows nothing. He barely conceives of Jesus as someone who lived on earth. Mm-hmm. That's a little weird. And also, you know, if you wanted to create a God as a fictional character, I mean, it's a great story. I mean, it worked. I think, you well, know. It, it took a lot of people uh, uh, in and, help, you know, the idea helped a lot of people, uh, undoubtedly. They found yes. peace. Oh, yes. Well, what, what, the reason, I mean, the reason Christianity caught on, because there was many new religions going around the Mediterranean at the time. It was a soup of religions. But this was the one that said in an empire that was largely slaves, the real party is after you die. That was kind of new. Like, be meek on earth. There's no problem there. Let them. You mean you, you mean like being employed in the United States for your entire fucking life, and you get the last ten years to live it up? Is that what you're talking about? What they're saying is, <laughs> you really live it up after you die. Yeah. That's where the real kingdom is. You know that was so. Like, if you're having a terrible life as a slave, you're like, oh, you know, if I can just get through this, then luckily I'll die soon, and then I'll be with Jesus, and it's rainbows and unicorns. Well, okay, I, I'm going to tell a comedian a joke. Okay. <laughs> you want to hear a joke? Yeah. So this guy dies, he goes to hell. He's forlorn. He's down there. He fucking hates it. He runs into the devil. The devil says, what the fuck's the matter with you? He goes, I'm dead and I'm in hell. He goes, I'm a fucking reasonable person. Here's three doors. Stop me if you've heard this joke. I have not. So he says, three doors. He opens the, he said, I'll let you go into any of these three doors. He opens the first door. There's exactly what hell is described as in the Bible. And the guy goes, I don't want to go in there. The other one, they open the door, and there's all these people just toiling away, like it says in the Bible. They toil, and you have to work, and you do it. And the guy goes, I don't want to go in there. There, the third door he opens up. And there's a bunch of people drinking coffee, but you're standing in shit this high. <gasps> the guy goes, I'll take the people drinking the coffee. And the devil goes, good choice, young man. All right, you people, back on your heads. Coffee break is over. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I did not see that coming. That's great. Right, back on I your heads. Back on your heads. <laughs> oh, God. Well, in my band, we, we've known this joke forever, and whenever we were making a record or on tour, I'll, I'll look at the guys, and they all know the joke, and I'll go, okay, you guys, back on your heads. Let's go. You love that camaraderie, don't you? Yeah. That's, that's one thing comedians really are jealous of musicians. Well, you know, you know what we're jealous of with comedians? When I saw you and I've seen other comedians, you guys don't have any production. No, that's so great. You can show up an hour before the show. I know. And, it, and I got fucking, I got to. You don't have to go this. to a sound check. No. They ask, and I'm like, yeah, play a fucking my voice from a tape recorder. You know, I'm, I'm a guy with a mic. Can you can you manage that? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, but for me, the, the guys have to sound check. We got to set the stage. We got to put backdrops. We got to put lights up. And, you know, it's expensive. Oh, it's expensive, and, and it's a it's a schlep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. But I, I don't, I haven't, but, I haven't gone to sound check for that, years. But you have that. 
joy of being with your comrades and like speaking together through the music it must be a I mean, it must be a wonderful way to live a life. Well, I, it's not that's not really the way it is, but uh, <laughs> really, come on. Well, it was when we were kids, but now really not so much now. You don't like hear a guy play a certain way one night and be like, oh, that was such now, a cool thing. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No? Hold on. Our shows are always the same. I know, but well, you know. Once, once we figure out right. what the arc of the show is, and it'll take three or four, five, six, ten shows before we figure it out. But then we, it never changes. Never changes. It's not like somebody's all of a sudden going to play a fucking lick that we're going to go, wow, that was cool. <laughs> If he plays that fucking lick, he's going to look at, everybody's in the band's going to look at him like, what the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? But you still, you don't get bored with it, do you? No, because the audience always pulls you through. There you go. The audience always. There's no business like show business. Yeah, they they are, smile when they are low. Yeah, that's exactly right. And yeah. and, and the audience always always, you know, pulls you through. No, I can't imagine stopping, you know. What? Well, stop oh. stop touring. You know, stop going out and, as, as my friend Rita Rudner put it many years ago, telling jokes to strangers. You know, it's just, I, it would be like cutting my leg off. Well, you know, like I said, you know, you're, 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 we're both extremely fucking lucky. Extremely yeah. lucky. That's a fortunate... Yeah. Yes. You know, and really have, I have no uh, no reason to complain. I do, but uh, I have no reason to. <laughs> I'm glad you admitted that yeah, at some point. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I, I am actually the luckiest guy, you know. That's a great attitude. Well, I am. I was born with spina bifida. You know what that is? It is uh, is when the spine, uh, uh, unfortunately, gets bifida. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had a fucking, I, 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 I had a fucking <laughs> hole in my spine in the back of my neck, uh, and you're making fun of me. I had a 24-hour spinal bifida. It was, oh, what a day. But anyway, then I felt good. I had some soup. Anyway, I was born in 1951 when they operated on people with pinking shears and well, screwdrivers. So, oh, so you need an operation for this? I'll show you the back of my neck when we're done. I got a scar from here to here. They cut my fucking head off. Is this about the pool party again? <laughs> Are you? I know you're wanting that pool party. <laughs> anyway, okay, so so wait. Were, so there, there four, it's, your spine is fucked up, like coming out of the womb. Yeah, it's like this. Just, is this just the luck of the draw? Like every, yeah. you know, not everyone. There were four of us laying in uh, uh, Riley's Children's Hospital in Indianapolis, and some young doctor named. Anyway, it doesn't matter what his name is. Um, he just said, we can't let these kids lay here. He operated on, did experimental operations on all of us. They all died except me. Wow. That's fucking luck. I'm the luckiest guy you know. You know what luck is, Bill? Luck yeah. is thinking you're lucky. Okay, but exactly, because the other way you could look at it would be not being born with spinal bifida at all. See, this is, if I was before the court of God, I'd be like, your honor, you know, but why at all? See, you're 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 just assuming that some people are going to be born with this horrible thing. Why does anybody have to be? Why does there ever have to be any kind of misery? You know, why can't we? You know, because this is real life, Bill. 
I know, but I'm just saying to religious people who are like, and their answer would be because Adam and Eve. Yeah, the, their answer is because God moves in mysterious ways. Yeah. Well, they're at, no, yes, that too. That's a, a ridiculous dodge. But their main answer is Adam and Eve, you know, trespassed in the Garden of Eden. And isn't it time to let them off the hook? We have to pay for their sin, like forever? That would be my religious. I. Repost. I think that that uh, if you try to apply logic no. to any of it, it just right. doesn't work. I Were mean, you brought up with a religion? Yeah, your... I went to Nazarene Church every Sunday. Oh, My yeah. grandmother no, what, made no, me go. What? No, is that a sect? No, it's, no, it's a... not a pool party. No, no. <laughs> but is it Catholic? No, no Protestant. It's, it's, no, it's Episcopalian. One, it's one step above. Uh, What's the people that can't cut? Well, you can't, you're not allowed to cut your hair. You, I wasn't allowed to dance. Jews? I was no, <laughs> um, no. Nas, but I mean, is that it? Uh, is it like uh, Seventh Day Adventist? Mm -hmm. or, really close to. So it is its own sect. Yeah. And what? How? What differentiates them from mainstream Christians? You can't dance. You can't go to movies. You can't. You know. You know where dancing leads. So it's like Footloose. I've never seen Footloose. I don't know. You've never seen Footloose? No. Okay. Well, you know, it was sort of seminal at the time that you were like. Okay, so what's your favorite movie? Ferris Bueller's Day Off, I bet. No. Yes, come on. My favorite. Come on. It was fine at the time. I think I tried to watch it recently, and it was like, okay, but, you know, it's hard for stuff to hold up. Like we re we remember movies fondly from like the seventies and the eighties. You don't. You might because I didn't watch them. <laughs> you, you didn't watch movies. I watched old movies. Why didn't you watch current movies? Did, like what? I mean, you didn't watch anything in the seventies and eighties. You, you ever saw Three Days of the Condor? Nope. <laughs> Clute. Didn't like it. Oh, you saw it? Yeah, I saw oh, it. Because like Jane Fonda it. was hot. That's why you watched that one. That's the only reason. Yeah. Really? Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, that's honest. Still hot. I love Jane Fonda. I, I, I didn't watch. I watched black and white movies. My favorite thing to do in life was when my parents were gone on Sunday and my siblings left the house. And in Indianapolis, uh, Frances Farmer had a show where she came on and talked and showed old movies. And if I had the house to myself, what I would do is lay on the couch and I'd watch those black and white movies with the commercials and that Francis Farmer would then explain what was happening to the idiots like me. Who were like, <laughs> now what just happened? So Francis Farmer was an actress who, wasn't yeah. she, is she the one who went to the mental? Well, her, her mother sent her to the mental institution. They made a movie about that. Yeah, Jessica Langston. Yes. Yeah, I saw that. So now she's out of her mental hospital and she's hosting a TV show in In Indy. the fucking 60s. In wow. the 1960, in the, wow. when I was a kid. Right. When I was a kid, in the 60s. But that so, was local to you. It was. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was good. We like sure that. didn't get that in New York market. It's too good for New York. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that's rough if you're an actress. Now you're doing uh, movie intros in Indiana. No offense. Well, but here's the thing. You know, she was lucky to get it. And you still live there, don't you? Yep. You never give it. Good for you. 
I live on 86 acres and I'm, uh, I go and, back home tomorrow and I'll be happy to be there. Right. Uh, but Larry McMurtry, you, and, you've heard of Larry McMurtry, right? Of course. Okay. L Lonesome Dove? Yeah. Anyway, Larry and I are friends. And really? Larry and I, yeah. Larry was doing an interview and they asked, because he stayed with me for a, a couple of weeks, and they said, how did you like being in Indiana? And he goes, Mellencamp still lives in Indiana. He goes, no, he don't. He lives on 86 acres behind those gates. <laughs> he don't see anybody. And that's pretty much it. So what do you do with the other 85 acres? I assume you have like a house takes like about an acre. What, what about, what? what's the other 85 for? Woods. Woods. It's Why do you, you, you want your own woods? Uh, yeah. What are you doing it? Masturbate? Look at it. <laughs> now, boy, you are really heading toward this pool party, aren't no, you? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying when I was a kid. All right, you guys, get your fucking pool clothes on. He's <laughs> When I was a kid, like you, you, you know, you couldn't jerk off at home. You'd go in the woods and no. rub one out. No, that's that's not the way it worked. Not where you. No, were. I was a Nazarene. I didn't do that stuff. So that really did have an effect on you. I mean, you deny your. Really, you believe that? No. No, fuck no. I'm the biggest liar you know. <laughs> no, but I love that song. Uh, that you, where you say, I always lie to, lie to strangers. Okay. I always lie to strangers, and I always lie to people I may know. Yeah, well. We all do. I hope some of the things you said are lies. <laughs> no. <laughs> we all do? Yeah. Sometimes I just say stuff just to see that look on your face. Yeah. You, you, know, well, you, you, know, you, you can know always the, get an honest reaction from me. Like if I think it's bullshit, and that's valuable and vice versa you know well i have uh because when we're successful people tend to defer sometimes to your opinion just because they think even without evidence that we'll be mad if they don't agree and it's like no i just always want honesty no matter what it is that's the best thing you could ever give me and i can see through when it's you know, bullshit yeah, but people just, you know, they just defer because they think, again, without evidence, that, um, you know, it's, 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 just, it's just human to think, oh, this person will like me more if I agree with them. See, but it, I, I, don't, I, I, I don't know you, who works for you. Everybody that works for me has worked for me for decades. Oh, well, I got a bunch of ass kissers. I don't. <laughs> I mean, it's the way I want it, but <laughs> no, I don't. But I'd like. I, to. I you know, I've got guys in the band have been in the band for fifty years. The guy that runs my studio has we went we were college roommates, so everybody around me is like you know way sick of fucking kissing my ass. <laughs> it's like but, John. No, John, you can't I never, do that. You know what? Uh, to your great credit, I never heard any bad things about you. Like I never heard anything. Nobody ever like said you did something shitty. You know. Nothing dishonorable, nothing to make the fans go, oh, God, I used to like him. You know, none of that stuff. You, not everybody can like everybody's music, but as a man, as a person, I never heard, nobody has anything shitty to say about you. You were, the, even people, whatever they think about you, he's not shady. He's I'm not, not shady. No, not at all. He's authentic. No, I'm not shady. He's, nope. But I, I, may, I may be a lot of things, but I'm not shady. Exactly. And I would say the same about myself. I'm not shady. 
Yeah. You may not like me, and I don't really care. That's exactly I, what I was going to say. Although I would love it if everybody loved me. I would I, love that. I wouldn't care. I, I would think that would be great if everyone just always agreed <laughs> with everything I had to say and acknowledged. Uh, so what's the James Dean line? I'm too sensitive for this world, so you should love me and feel sorry for me. He said that? Mm-hmm. Did you ever see Giant? Did I ever see Giant like maybe a hundred times? Oh, because I never saw it. And what? And what, what? Okay, this interview's over. You need to go in the fucking house right no, now. No, I started it. I started it. You started it? Yeah. How could you stop? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't watch movies like that. It's it's like long, right? It's like three hours. Well, what, what is it your wasn't like It wasn't like so compelling that I was like, I cannot take my eyes off Giant. It was, yes, I want to see it because I know it's a classic. It was made in the year I was born, 1956. I got onto it because I was watching this documentary about Rock Hudson, which is a great documentary. I, I watched it the other night, and I know that's why you're referring to pool parties. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was the king of, oh, man. Yeah. You couldn't get a finger in your ass at Rock Hudson's pool party. That's right. You didn't have it. I, and you know what? I came out after you watching. You came out? No, I came out after watching <laughs> Rock saying. Hudson. After watching <laughs> I missed the news one day. Congratulations. I think you're a thank, better thank person you, because thank you, you're thank gay. You, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, Rock didn't You're give, brave. Rock didn't give a fuck. I mean, that's what I took away. Rock didn't give a fuck? He gave such a fuck, he never came out. But well, it was a different whoa, whoa, era. Whoa, 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 whoa. Of course he didn't come out. It was like 1940. No, it was not. It was, no, it was 1980. Dynasty at the end. But my point is, is that everybody in town, in this town yeah. that you live in, knew he was gay. Everybody, yes, within the industry, That's of right. course. That's right. Right. That's right. Well, we all sucked his dick. Well, not all of us. <clears throat> all right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but anyway, that was his big role in Giant. So I was like, oh, I got to watch Giant. And um, why, why have you seen it a hundred times? What is so great it's, about it's, it? Because George Stevens was a fucking fantastic director. Dean was fantastic. But what, but what about the movie? Rock Hudson was fucking great. The story is great. What is the story, and how does how does the story? Because um, I know what's you, it, and I know. What's the arc? What's the yeah. arc of the story? Nobody writes about America, and well, more than you. How does this story reflect on America in a way that has your admiration okay. so high? Because the story starts out with Rock Hudson being sort of a big, we don't talk to these I saw that. He's, we, he's we a don't big talk. baller. He's a mocker. He's got money and a big ranch. And, and Besides of Connecticut. And he's, in Texas. And and he has a lot of Spanish people working for him. And Elizabeth Taylor goes and starts <clears throat> talking to him and it pisses him off. Anyway, cut to three hours of movie. At the end of the movie, he's standing up for the Spanish and he's getting he gets in a fucking fist fight because he sees somebody not you know, we don't. We have the right not to serve people. Oh. So it was ahead of its time for standing up for the thing. And I just gave you the cliff notes first. You're good. No, I can't wait to see the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. not all at once. I mean, it's not. I'm, I'm not it's just I can't. Why? <clears throat> I just don't have that kind of attention span anymore. Anymore? I got a larger attention span than I'm older. Well, well, <laughs> we'll fucking bully for you. Well, I, how I, about I, I, how about trying? I'm trying. Yeah. I am. 
okay, watching a movie is not something I don't I want to ever have to try to do. That's the relaxation part of my day. Okay, all right. I, 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 okay, I don't need to watching like, Giant is challenge. Not, all of all of a second, watching Giant is not about you relaxing. It's about watching America grow. It's about watching a movie that I hope is good. It's Let's really good. Let's not suck its dick more than necessary. No, it's, it's, probably no, a, it's, it's, it's probably a good movie. It's probably super dated in a million ways. But no, I get it. It's also no. ahead of its time, Yes, I'll, I think. I'll, I'll give it its due. And I want to see it, but it's an artifact. I'll probably never watch it again because I, don't, I probably won't find it that compelling. You know, I, bet probably, watched, I bet I've watched it a hundred times. I get it. You know, and I've I've watched Streetcar well, a hundred times. <laughs> because I think it's going to be a hundred to one. Have you ever seen Streetcar? Streetcar Named Desire? Yes, I have. And Brando, awesome. Um, Nolan's <laughs> on the money. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, do I remember it really well, Stella? No, no. What? So Isn't much that Streetcar? More. Yeah, that's Streetcar. But there's okay. so much. That's just. I understand. That's a cliche. Yes, I, I, I know. We got the Napoleon. I got the Napoleonic code. It says, and this is my castle. That's what it says. That's the same movie? No. You, you, <laughs> were, you were just doing Brando in The Godfather. No, I was doing Brando. That, those are the lines from the movie. It is. We got the Napoleonic code. Daddy. And if a man, uh, uh, what's good for the woman is good for the man with the Napoleonic code. Right. Have you ever heard of the Napoleonic code, Stella? Yes, I know the lines. Wow. I know the lines. I've seen the movie a million times. Wow. So when you like a movie, you watch it over and over. It's like it's like finding a good song for me. Really? That's interesting. I can't do it that much. And there are movies that I, I love so much. Like Ferris <clears throat> Bueller's Day Off. Not that one at all. <laughs> like, like In the Line of Fire is a good example. Where like, I've never seen it. It's great. You should. Who's in it? Who's in it? Clint, Jack Nicholson. Clint Eastwood. In the line of fire. In the line of fire. Wolfgang isn't, isn't, Peterson. It's great. What? Why? Why don't you? Well, you can't. It's even, in color. It's in color. Um, it's fantastic. I mean, there's there's movies like that where uh, my point was uh, like, I've I know I've seen it four times, and it comes on, and I'm like, I am not going to watch it again. And then you watch oh, it. I can. Okay, like what? Well, that's that's one. Oh, there's there's quite a few like that. Let me like name some people in movies, and I'll try to think of some. Uh, War of the Worlds, Spielberg's movie about. Yeah, I know that. I, <laughs> the look on your face is just priceless. I'm guessing you find these. The, my choices too bourgeois, no, no. too middle class no. for your rebel nature, sir. Like. Too low brow, too man of the people. You know, uh, when you when you appeal to that many people, and, and I think we should end this conversation by saying this. Okay. Keep it small and keep it going. Keep, keep it keep it small and keep it going. You know who told me that? Who? Pete Seeger. Pete Best Seeger. advice I ever got. Keep we're, it we're, small. What's it? Like your career. Your career. Oh, keep you're, it small. And keep it going. Oh, right. We were sitting in Madison so Square Garden. as big as it ever was. We were sitting in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> they were having some kind of celebration for Pete. I walked up to him. I was talking to him. I said, what do you think about all this? Fucking Madison Square Garden sold out 360. Everybody in the fucking world's playing there. 
Bruce is playing, I'm playing. I can't remember all the other people that are playing. Everybody's playing. And I go, I go, hey, I, what do you think about all this? He goes, it's all right occasionally, I guess. I go, what do you mean? He goes, you want some advice? Keep it small and keep it going. He said, when the fucking Iraq war woke out, broke out, do you think I went down to New York City and sat around with all those people? He said, no, I walked out on the interstate with a sign by myself and said, stop the fucking war. Mm -hmm. He said, that's courage. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you. That's, uh, that's good advice at the end. Yeah. All right. I'm always good there for free. Advice. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're a lot of fun. I'm always right. there. Open so, door. look. See, I told you I was taller than you. Yeah, because you're standing on a... <laughs> yeah, get down here. Let's see the tallest is. Club. That's probably right at huh? eye level. Yeah. Okay, so. well, I'm yeah. not putting on a swimsuit and getting in the bathroom. <laughs>